1: And Spurs Cast, Episode 485. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me for this episode will be Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. If you're on Twitter, you can follow him at the underscore Boomstein. In this episode, Ben and I will discuss the Spurs' one and two record in their last three games against the Pelicans, Lakers, and Grizzlies. From there, we'll provide an injury update on Kawhi Leonard, Rudy Gay, and Pau Gasol. Then we'll discuss the Spurs' play since February 1st, where they've lost eight of their last eleven games, despite holding double-digit leads in most of those games. We'll go into a deep dive on some of the draft prospects in the 13th through 26th range, in the event that the Spurs do end up with a pick in one of those two, within that range. Finally, Ben and I will just, we'll answer your SpursCast Twitter questions using the hashtag SpursCast that you all provided. The listeners. And then we will preview the Spurs' next four games against the Warriors, Thunder, Rockets, and Magic. Please enjoy my conversation with Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. And now, calling in from Atlanta, Georgia, is Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. You can follow him on Twitter, at the underscore Boomstein. Ben, how you doing, man? I am
2: fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing very
1: well. So, hey, man... uh, you know, this is going to be an interesting podcast. I'm, I'm really glad to have you on because you're, you're, you're what I call like our project spurs, like draft expert. You're our guy. You know, you, you hit the, the last two pl- players last year, Derek White and Jerron Blossom game. And now, I mean, for for you in a way, there's going to be like a, a lot at stake here because these guys are like the spurs aren't looking too good right now and they're going to probably get a pretty good pick is from, from what it's looking like.
2: Yeah, they are. Uh, I, I was very primed to find some sleepers near the end of the first round, but now, now they're actually making me do some research here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I, I completely forgot how, how the lottery system works. And now I've actually been having to do some research and I'm actually going to have to watch a little bit more March madness than usual uh, starting next week. Okay, Ben, let's go ahead and kick off the show here. Um, first, let's go over the Spurs' last three games since uh, John Diaz and I recorded. Um, John and I th- actually thought they'd go 3-0 and against the Pelicans, Lakers, and Memphis Grizzlies at home. Instead... They drop a 15-point lead to the Pelicans in the second half and lose by five. They, the Spurs, uh, drop a 17-point lead against the Lakers and lose by four to Lonzo Ball in crunch time. And then even last night against the Grizzlies, uh, you and I are recording this on Tuesday. The game was on Monday. Uh, the Spurs, you know, barely got out of that one with the, with the win too, where they won by two points. So they ended up going one and two uh, in that stretch. Just kind of your overall impressions of their last uh, few games here. Not great, Bob. <laughs> Um, but that's kind of how the season has been. They get,
2: it's really funny because I swear every time, every time I'm watching a game and I'm watching my Twitter feed, oh, Hey, Paul Garcia tweeting about how they have a 15 point lead this game. <laughs> I wonder how quickly this one's going to disappear. That's what it's come down to this season.
1: Yeah. And I mean, with, with context, some of that is like, uh, you know, injury related to, obviously they still don't have Kawhi Leonard back, uh, that game against the Lakers, they didn't have Aldridge back. Um, but you know, Brandon Ingram sat out too for the Lakers, and again, they had a 17-point lead, and they just can't close out these games. And so, you and I will get in a little bit more discussion here in a bit uh, as we talk about some, uh, what's going on with the Spurs, as they're spiraling right now. Uh, some more injury news: um, Kawhi Leonard, you know, he's still out with the quad injury. There's still no clarification of when he's coming back. Uh, there was a recent report about uh, him and, and the Jordan Shubrand not coming to, to terms on a, on a new contract extension. Kawhi's camp feels that he should have got a little bit more money with it than what they're offering. Jordan, you know, basically saying, uh, not saying, but from what it's reported, is that basically, you know, it, it, Kawhi doesn't have a lot of stock right now, especially since no one's seen him play here in almost a year when, when it gets to May. He's only played in nine games this season. He hasn't looked like that MVP caliber Kawhi liner just yet. So, you know, from Jordan's side, again, he didn't make the All-Star team this year due to his injury situation. They haven't seen uh, him play. Um, you know, a lot of the press about him has been negative, even though he hasn't literally said anything. But, you know, just the, the reports that are coming out, how he's unhappy, how um, all this stuff's going on, how he's been cleared to play. Uh, looking at Rudy Gay, he has a, 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 what's I guess I'm calling a minor eardrum injury where, um, you know, he hurt his eardrum against the uh, Grizzlies on Tuesday night. I mean, on Monday night, but he's still probably going to play against the, the, the Warriors coming up on Thursday. And then, uh, Pal Gasol has a right shoulder injury. I saw, I saw him come out of the game and one of the trainers was looking at that shoulder. And so he's probably, he, they haven't put an injury report out just yet, but he might be questionable to play against the Warriors on Thursday. So, uh, Ben, just overall, just the, the injury situation, what your what your thoughts are. Injuries are bad. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Um, and, and
2: <laughs> you know, real, real hot take over here. No, but, uh, the, the Spurs have had a lot of injuries this year. They've lost a lot of games to injuries. And I think it's probably a result of... there's. I, I always feel that there's some sort of injury karma that builds up. You have, you have so many years of good luck where you don't have a lot of players and Papa rest a lot of guys. This year, he hasn't really been able to rest people because they've been injured or other guys have been injured. So other people have to step in and play more minutes. And that leads to an abnormal amount of minutes for people. So sometimes, you know, they're not used to playing those minutes and they get injured for whatever reason. So I think kind of a what, what I call an injury karma has been coming. So I, I, I think the the Spurs are going to get ravaged a bit by injuries here, and I think they're going to come back next year, and they're going to be okay. Yeah, that's I mean of course that's what we all hope, but that's that's as as long as I can remember that's kind of how the injury uh, bugs have worked unless you're the Pelicans, in which case you have no luck at all.
1: Yeah, and I mean, j- just to speak to your point, the Spurs have only had their full squad healthy for one game all season just one game. And in that one game, okay. that's when Rudy Gay got injured with a heel injury. So, um, you know, it just speaks to your point where they just cannot shake these injuries. Uh, they can't really build any kind of consistent squad because they don't know who, who's in and out. You know, Lamarcus, even though. Uh, he played against the Grizzlies. He's still a little bit shaken up by that by that right, right ankle injury he had suffered against the Pelicans. Um, okay, Ben, let's go to our second topic, and that has to do, you know, partly with these injuries, is the Spurs' record um, right now. You know, in their last 11 games since February 1st, basically, they're 3 and 8. Uh, the the 24th worst record in, in the uh, I mean 24th record should I say in the NBA during that time span. The only other teams around them playing like that are all lottery teams. The Spurs are the only team in the playoff race uh, with that kind of record. Um, you know, during this stretch from February 1st, they're offensively, they're, score, they're, uh, they're 14th scoring 108.1 points per 100, defensively 108.3, uh, which is 17th. So they've really taken a step back defensively. This is something Pop has mentioned. Uh, in the fourth quarter of these games for, since February 1st, their net rating is a minus 11.2 points per 100, which is 27th. Nice. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Um, in the clutch, you know, it, since the same time frame, they're one in six in those games, which is the last five minutes, with their with or a, in, either ahead or behind by five points, uh, and, the, and their net rating during this time is a minus minus fifty one point eight points for one hundred, twenty ninth in the league during clutch time during this. Um, yeah, it's bad. Uh, defensively, yeah, defensively they're they're giving up one hundred thirty seven uh, points per one hundred possessions, which is thirtieth, dead last among all teams in the clutch situation since February first. Um, you know, Pop has kind of hinted that he mentioned that the the word um, the team might be low on fuel. He mentioned that before the Lakers game the other night. Is this a mixture from what you're seeing of of young guys having to be dependent on, but then mixed mixed in with some older guys? You know, Pal, Manu, Parker. You know, some of these other guys that that are also like they if it's supposed it's both just like the, their legs are getting tired, but also these there's a lot of inexperienced guys right now that the Spurs are relying on. Yeah, I mean. Tough to find that mixture of dudes who who are young
2: and can win you games, but you you also have to get your veterans in there to win the games. But the veterans can't give you all the, you know all that you're used to seeing from them because they've been playing so many minutes. It's a vicious cycle, and it it's one the Spurs can't get out of because they can't get healthy. They they're they're forced to play you, you know some of their younger players like. Bryn Forbes and DeJounte Murray in minutes they ne- wouldn't necessarily want to play them because they, they want them to be on the bench watching how you perform in clutch time rather than throwing them out there and saying, all right, good luck, win us the game. Um, so th- that's part of the issue, I think, for the Spurs right now. And then, like I said, the the older guys are forced to come in. They play more minutes than they should be playing. They're running low on fuel. They're tired. I think a lot of the Spurs would agree. We, they just want the season over. They they want to get out of here. If if that means barely missing the playoffs, so be it. If it means an easy round exit, so be it. But uh, they they just need to get out to the off season and regroup. They just just don't play overseas at all. Don't do any country, Don't play for your country. Just sit down, relax. Get a massage. (laughs) Don't don't do anything
1: but work out. That's it. Yeah, I mean, to to your point there, uh, you know the fan base is little little you know a little angry some of them because they feel that you know the Spurs are giving up these big leads, which is true by the data perspective. You know, in seven of their last eleven games, they've been up by ten points or more, and they've they've only won three of those games. That's the crazy. I mean, they're they're only three and eight overall during those eleven games. So that that tells you that they cannot sustain these leads even when they build them against. um, whether it's a good team or a bad team, um, you know, and and to your point also, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Dejounte Murray, and you know, I'll, I'll, Pop gave him the keys to, to the to the point guard role here, and you know, in the first and third quarter, he looks really good. You know, he's he's going up and down the court. He's being a defensive presence, rebounding machine. He's hitting the the, the mid range jumper every now and then, but he, here's one of those stats from the clutch um, area that I was talking about since February first. His uh, net rating is a minus fifty six point four, and the Spurs are zero and five uh, this, uh, since February 1st with DeJounte in those last five minutes of a, cl- of a game. And so again, that's, that speaks, I mean, the rest of the guys only have one win either way. So, because remember the team's one and six, but that again, right. That, that speaks to, uh, you know, when games get close, you, you need veteran players and, and DeJounte is, you know, when, when, when he can't run up and down the court, he needs to slow the pace down the tempo uh, you know it just everything you know it gets so much more there's more pressure on him to try to um, you know execute and that's tough for him as a young player in only a second year and so that's why against the Grizzlies last night you saw Tony Parker closing the show and he really put he helped put the Grizzlies away there at the end. Uh, some more stats here in the clutch time uh, Kyle Anderson has a team high three three turnovers so does DeJounte Murray. Uh, Patty Mills and Manu are the, the other two with two turnovers each uh, in clutch time since February 1st. So again like you mentioned, Ben, this shows that these younger guys, Kyle, um, DeJounte, Murray, they're, they're being relied upon a little bit more here, and they're just not able to step up to the plate, especially when they're having to be sometimes the number one option or number two when LaMarcus is out, when Rudy Gay might be out, when, um, when Ka- Kawhi's been out all year. So I think that it's all a snowball, and, you know, the fan base is obviously going to be very upset that they're not closing out these games. And, and like you mentioned, Ben, like it, it could either be uh, out of the playoffs, like we're going to talk about here in a little bit, or – uh, getting a high, a high uh, seven or eight seed there, or a low seven or eight seed, should I say, and probably losing to Golden State or Houston. Again, this is all in the event that Kawhi doesn't come back 100%. And again, for Kawhi, there's like there's 18 games left. When the Spurs come back from this three-game road trip, they're gonna only have 15 games to bring him back.
2: Yeah, it's even if he comes back. I mean, yeah. you you. The, this is when uh, your economics class comes in handy, because now you have a classic, um, you know, cost-benefit analysis going on here. You know, at, at what point is it worth it to bring back Kawhi Leonard and have him playing in games for the playoffs if you're going to get a low seed and get bounced in the first round? Is it worth it to bring Kawhi Leonard back at all, or do you say, you know what, screw it, sit out the rest of the season, get yourself completely healthy? Work out this off season, get angry, and come back next year.
1: Yeah, I know, for sure. And that's something that they're going to have to evaluate. And like I keep mentioning, you know, it's every day on the calendar that, that, that passes by. We haven't heard any reports that he's doing three-on-three workouts yet, that he's doing any kind of five-on-five. And, and that's kind of the gradual progression that they need to see from him first in practice before he even gets put into a starting lineup again. Um, so that'll be something to watch. Our third topic, Ben, let's go ahead and move on to, to the NBA draft. You know, as I mentioned to start the show, I'm, I'm not used to the Spurs picking in in the, you know, <laughs> in, anywhere um, below like 25, I mean, um, outside of 25 through 30 range. And so this year it's a bit surprising that they could fall to one of these um, these lower seats here uh, in the draft order. So uh, here's a few spots of listeners. If the Spurs, let's just say they were to get the 13th in the West, right now they'd be projected to probably get the 26th pick. They got the fourth seed, the twenty-fourth, the fifth seed, twenty-second, sixth seed the uh, twenty-first, seventh seed the twentieth, and eighth seed the eight the the eighteenth pick in the lottery, I mean in the draft order this year. However, let's say they do miss the playoffs, let's say they get the ninth seed where the Clippers are right now. The Spurs would have a 96% chance, according to Tankathon.com, of getting the 13th pick. And if they fell to 10th, where the Utah Jazz are right now, they'd have a ninety-eight percent chance of getting the fourteenth pick in, in the lottery. So Ben, you're as I mentioned, you're our draft expert here at Project Spurs. Um, who are the, who are the players in that 13 to 14 lottery range that you really think could have an impact uh, if the Spurs do end up falling in those kind of ranges?
2: If the Spurs somehow get lucky enough to get the 13th or 14th pick in this draft, uh, most of the mock drafts I've seen mm-hmm. have. Miles Bridges and Robert Williams falling to those slots. And, and there are a couple that even have Colin Sexton falling there. Now, Miles Bridges, uh, forward out of Michigan State, uh, he's been playing very much out of position all year, but has been excellent. Um, they've Tom Izzo has been using him very weirdly because last year he was kind of a slashing, do it all three man. And this year, he's kind of a spot-up stretch four. It's very weird. But he's hitting he's hitting his threes, and he looks really good. He's improved his game, which is ironic because he would have been a top-ten pick if he had come out last year, but he decided to stay a year because Tom Izzo has weird sway over his players like that. And uh, Robert Williams actually did the same thing at Texas A&M. He was probably going to be a top-15 pick. He comes back. He's a 6'9 forward, really good rebounder. Uh, great defensive player. He could be a really nice forward for the Spurs, kind of depending on what happens this summer, you know, what, what positions they're going to be looking for. Um, and Colin Sexton, Alabama point guard, was just named SEC co-freshman of the year. Um, he is, they call him the young bull, mostly because he bulls his way into the paint and gets to the free throw line. And he's a good free throw shooter. He's an okay shooter all around, but very quick. He's fast. He's a smooth athlete he can jump. Uh, those are those are three of the guys I would look at in the 13-14 range.
1: Okay. I, uh, I was on the I was just looking for um, some analysis here, I mean some projections and uh, the ringer.com they had a guy named Kevin Knox out of Kentucky. What's what's the intel on him? I I don't think he drops that far. Okay. He's they had him When at he was
2: coming mm-hmm. Yeah, when he was coming out of high school, he was getting a lot of Kevin Durant comparisons cuz he's like a 6-9. He's really long. He can shoot it from anywhere, but he he's shown this year that he doesn't really have a penchant for playing defense, but we don't really know how much of that is because he's playing with a bunch of other freshmen and coach Cal just hasn't <clears throat> Cal Perry just hasn't gotten that team to play defense a lot of the year. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's weird. He, for, for now, as it stands, He's not really a defensive guy, okay. but he's a very good shooter, and a lot of people like a Kevin Durant in comparison to him. So, I think there maybe is one other mock draft I've seen that has him dropping that low, but most people have him
1: as a top ten pick. Okay, so he's in the top ten range. Okay, uh, cool. Thanks for that clarification. Uh, let's go through the um, 15 through 20 range. Are there any players there? Like, let's say San Antonio ends up in that range. Oh yeah, so
2: I got I got a list of guys.
1: <laughs> so I ahead. got.
2: I got Troy Brown out of Oregon. He's a shooting guard. I have Gary Trent Jr. out of Duke. And yes, he is the son of former NBA player Gary Trent. Uh, He's a shooting guard. Uh, Daniel Gafford out of Arkansas has been a really nice surprise this year. Uh, He's been been shooting up boards. He's in that 15 to 20 range. He's a center. Uh, Miami freshman Lonnie Walker, Mm -hmm. shooting guard. They call him the Pineapple because of his hairstyle, so if you get a chance look him up, okay. it's great. Um, he, if, if Spongebob lived in a Pineapple under the sea, there is certainly someone out there who could live in the Pineapple on top of his head. Um, Kyrie Thomas, another shooting guard out of Creighton. There is definitely a theme developing here. Um, Mitchell Robinson, I actually just wrote him up a couple weeks ago. He's He's got a really interesting story. He initially, so he was a top 15 recruit in the 2017 recruiting class. Initially commits to Western Kentucky, which in itself is crazy. Decides, oh, I don't know. I don't really want to be at school. Takes like a month off during the summer after he had enrolled in the summer. Decides, oh, maybe I do want to come back. Tries to get reinstated and then finally says, you know, what? screw it. I'm taking the year off and I'm just going to train for the NBA draft. So no one's really seen what he's done, but he's a seven foot center. He's very smooth athlete. He's, he's gotten pops. So he's, he would probably be a pretty raw prospect. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen him jumping up into the 15, 20 range, but if it were me, I would try and get him later in the draft. If you can, if the Spurs somehow end up, with like a 25, 26 pick, I think that'd be better value for him. But, uh, I've, have seen a lot of people with him at the 15 to 20 range right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was wondering why, when I saw his name on a draft board, it says USA is where he's from is, you know, his representation and not a school. And that's why that's the guy right. I remember you wrote about him. Okay. So he, he's not actually on a college team. Yeah. Uh, NBA draft.net has him at 20th right now uh, in their projection. Okay. Um, Okay, so so now uh, let's say that the Spurs do end up playing a little bit better than than how they're than you know than, than the 20th pick. Uh, what is there anyone in that 21 through like 26, 27 range?
2: Yeah, so there. Okay, so there's one guy. He's got a very. He's taking a very interesting path to the NBA. His, his kid's name is Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons. All right. Mm-hmm. He so he was supposed to be. So it started out, he was a 2019 recruit. No, no, no. He's His, okay, I'm sorry. His story is just crazy. Basically, he was committed to Louisville, mm-hmm. and then all the Rick Petino stuff happened. Rick Petino was ousted. He's gone. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? I don't want to mess with that. So he's taking a postgraduate year at the IMG Academy in Florida, and he will be eligible for the draft. He's a combo guard. He's like 6'3, 6'4. Kid can jump out of the out of the building. He he's a very good shooter. Um, he's very skinny though. He you'd have to put on a lot of weight to play in the NBA, but he's I've seen him projected almost everywhere. So he's just kind of to look out for in general. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the 21 to 26, 27 range. Uh, you have a Kyrie Thomas. Um, I'm going to be writing him up soon enough. Okay. Uh, he plays for Creighton. He's a shooting guard. Hamadou Diallo for Kentucky. He's a shooting guard. He actually went to Kentucky last year in January. He, got, he enrolled early. He was supposed to be a 2017. His, fresh, his first freshman semester should have been over the summer this year, but it was actually in the spring. Or not this year, but 2017. Mm-hmm. But his first semester was actually in the spring of 2017. So he's he, he actually tested the combine waters. He went out, you know, did all the testing, and he was one of the most athletically gifted guys at the combine. He was a total freak. Jump has something like a 40 plus inch vertical.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Crazy. So he's he's a guy to look for. Uh, Landry Mm Shamet, who uh, I wrote up very early in the season for Wichita State. Um, He is probably I would say he's maybe the most NBA ready point guard of guys in that range. Uh, He's he's very lanky. He he also would have to put on some weight, but he's a smart guard, handles the ball well, doesn't turn it over often. Uh, Raleigh Alkins out of Arizona point guard. He's played really well. He's had some issues with uh, substance, with uh, like PED substances. He was suspended for a while last year. He was suspended for a game or two this year, but it was appealed, and it turns out he had a the test itself was bad or something. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Grayson Allen out of Duke falls in that range. Chimezi Metu out of USC. Uh, Pac-12 has been down this year, so you don't hear a lot about those guys out there, but he's been pretty good. Uh, Brandon McCoy out of UNLV, another seven-foot center, super athletic, kind of mm. raw, but you know with the right molding, could be good. Mm. And uh, Kata Bates-Diop out of Ohio,
1: he's a s- small forward. I'd have him in that range as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, th- those are like a lot of the guys that, that I had uh, seen some of these draft boards as well. Um so, so Spurs cast listeners, if you do want to read some of these profiles, like Ben mentioned, he's still writing some up. But some of the ones that are on Project Spurs right now, if you just go find Ben's page, uh, all his prospects are there that he's written up this year, are Mitchell Robinson, who right now on, on NBA DraftNet supposed to go 20th. Uh, Landry Schammett supposed to go 21st. Trayvon Duvall, 22nd. Grayson Allen, 23rd. Uh, Brandy McCoy, 25th. Austin Wiley, 28th. Um, Jonte Porter, 29th. And Moritz Wagner, uh, 30th. Ben, have some of those guys fallen, or are they still in like that 28 through 29, 30 range? Those last three guys. Uh, funny enough, I've seen some
2: mock drafts that have Jonte Porter way higher. Oh, okay. They've got him in like the 15 to 20 range. Um, he he was also named the sixth man of the year in the SEC, but he started coming on really strong at the end of the season. Um. He's got, and he's got a really good pedigree. I actually just wrote him up this week. So, you know, if y'all are looking to read up on him, please do. Uh, He of Michael Porter Jr. Who was the top recruit in the, you know, depending on which recruiting service you're looking at, he was the top recruit in the 2017 class. Mm -hmm. He played all of two minutes this year and had a back issue. So he's still projected to be a top five pick. So don't get too excited about uh, Michael Mm -hmm. Porter there. But, um, yeah, he's, he's got great pedigree. His dad is a coach, and he's really stepped in nicely for Missouri this year, who could be going to the dance, depending on how uh, they play in the SEC tournament this week.
1: What about a center named Omer Yurt7, North, North Carolina State, or NC State?
2: Yes, Omer Yurt7. I like him a lot. There was, um, there was talk he might come out last year, but he just he didn't have the year people hoped. Um, he was playing with Dennis Smith Jr. last year. Now was with the Mavs. Now, and he is very good. He's a solid shooter. I I don't know off the top of my head if he's really a three point shooter, but he's a he's he's played a lot better this year. And NC State could be as well. And that's a huge improvement considering I'm not sure they won double digit games last year. So they got a new coach, and he's obviously gotten the more they need to be and Yurt Seven has been a huge part of that this year. I think he is originally from Turkey.
1: Okay. Um, ben, looking at the, at the positions of the Spurs, and I'm just going to read you the, the positions that are guaranteed next year, um, you know, as far as uh, on the roster. So at the point guard, they have uh, DeJounte Murray and Derek White coming back for sure. Combo guard, mm-hmm. they have Patty Mills coming back. Uh, Wings, Kawhi Leonard, and Manu. Obviously, Manu might retire, but he still has a guaranteed deal, so I'm putting him in that camp. Uh, forwards, they have no one right now. If Rudy Gay leaves in and, and free agency, and same thing for Kyle Anderson, they wouldn't have a forward, like a 3-4 kind of guy. And then Biggs, uh, the only players under contract for sure next year are Aldridge and Pau Gasol. So uh, with, you you read, you mainly read a lot of shooting guards there in that list. Yeah. But from the Spurs' perspective, do you think they target a specific position to fill, or do you think they just take the, be- the best available player that's kind of in their, that range of wherever they pick it?
2: I very much think it depends on how how they work this offseason if they get if they make some moves before the draft if they get a couple trades or if they sign a couple guys i think that'll change things mm-hmm. um, although i do believe if they somehow get that 13 14 pick that they would go um, best available if you end up with a later pick in the 20s i think they'll go kind of best fit or guy maybe a guy they can stash or a guy that they don't mind spending a year kind of developing Saying, All right, you know, you're going to get some time this year, but we're really not going to, we're really not going to play you too much. We want you to get in the gym, get bigger and come back and, you know, come, come back next year and be ready to play.
1: Uh, let's just say Ben that, that everything that they didn't make the playoffs and they fall to that 9th tenth spot at West, which means the 13th or 14th pick in the lottery. Uh, which of these three guys, Miles Bridges, uh Robert Williams, or Colin Sexton, do you think is most I wouldn't just say NBA ready, but I say would would earn the make possibly earn the respect of Pop where Pop might actually give him like a rotation spot next season out of those three guys? Whew, um
2: Oh, that's a tough one. I guess I do... you could call it an impact
1: player. Who do you think could actually you know Kawhi actually R- did play in his yeah. one? Who who would be that guy out of those three?
2: I really do, man. I, I don't think Colin. I don't think they would take Colin Sexton there just because he'd be another point guard. Okay. But I really do like uh, I like both those guys. But I think Miles Bridges, Bridges. Okay. would be the guy. He can he can defend three to four positions. Uh, he's his body is pretty much NBA ready, and he's shown that he can shoot the ball. So I, I think if they kind of throw him out there and say, "Listen, just uh, be an athlete, man, and do stuff. He'll be fine, and he he'll perform."
1: Okay, yeah, cool. All right, thanks, man, for that. Because again, like like I said, um, you know, Spurs Cast listeners, like, you know, watch the tournament next week starting uh, March 13th. It begins March Madness. Uh, you know, and a lot of these guys, and then if, if some of these guys aren't in the tournament, you know, go back and just watch some, I guess, some of their clips and stuff from this year. Because you know, this could really be a, a season where. Where it looks like the Spurs, they're either going to get a very, um, you know, if they go, in, if they end up late in the in the uh, playoff seeding, seventh or eighth you know, seed, they're going to get a pretty good pick there in the in the low twenties. But then also, if they just miss it altogether, you know, maybe Kawhi doesn't come back, maybe this this uh, you know the, the rest of their schedule is just too hard for them to crack the playoff rotation. Uh, they could be in that 13th, 14th area, and it, just like Ben mentioned, you know, there's going to be some players out there that uh, that are out there to, to watch that are very intriguing. Um, thanks Ben for for that for that analysis of the of the draft and we're probably for sure gonna um, have you back on here especially as as the draft approaches and, and the, there's some names Ooh. that are getting leaked out. Uh, Cause we we'll, we'll need it's your right here. yeah we we'll need your expertise for that for that for that um that that segment of the season. Okay uh, Spurs cast listeners Ben and I are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT, combined with twenty four seven monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including eighteen thousand employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.
1: Thank you for tuning in to SpursCast, episode 485. I am joined by Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. If you're on Twitter, you can follow him, at the underscore Boomstein. Okay, uh, SpursCast listeners, you all sent us uh, your, your questions using the hashtag SpursCast, so now Ben and I are going to go ahead and answer some of them. Uh, this first question, Ben, comes from at Burr Marse. Uh, it was actually a question held on from last week, but they had sent it in a little bit later than when John and I had it recorded. Uh, the question is, is this the last year for, for sure from, of Manu? I am a big fan from Argentina, uh, currently living abroad. And who are your top three Latin American players all time and at the present? Um, so just to, Yeah, it, it's a little bit load of a loaded question here. Uh, you know, Manu's uh, slated to make $2.5 guarantee guaranteed next season. So uh, right now on, on, on the financial books, it looks like Manu is coming back. Uh, but he, he could take that Tim Duncan route where Timmy, had a final year guaranteed, and he ended up, um, you know, just retiring. So that's always in play. Uh, and so Ben, you know, you can. Uh, my first question, then I'll, I'll go ahead and take take it this way. Uh, do you think Moni is retiring, or he's coming back next next year? I'm inclined to think he's
2: retiring. The man is 40 years old, and uh, I, I think it, it depend I think it also depends on what else the Spurs do, and if if they kind of whisper to him and say. We, uh, we need you to retire so we can get that money off the books and uh, have some more money to pay guys to win games. You know, he might say, all right, that's cool. I'll, I'll head out. Peace. But, you know, if he really thinks he can play at a good level, like he has been for another year, then I'm not going to be mad about it.
1: Okay. I think it depends on, on what happens this summer in terms of their off season moves. You know, if they're still in that contender status, if the relationship with Kawhi is good, and and you know he, he, we can tell by that point if he's coming back or not with San Antonio, I think I think he'll give it, he'll, he'll give it another shot just because of the level, like you mentioned, the, his play has been outstanding this year for his age at 40. He's still um, you know uh, making all sorts of effective play on both ends of the court. Now not not every night, but in, in big games he is uh, from time to time. Uh, and so I think that if, if he sees that there's still a chance at a ring, that he'll probably come back. Um, but you never know you know last last summer it did look like he was going to retire he even said you know he he went into that summer thinking this might be it and he ended up right at the end there coming back and giving another season um as far as the 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 top three latin american players of of all time for me and and present i'm just going to say top five players that i I really like from latin america over the years you know number one is definitely Manu. number two is um, Andres Nocioni? I really liked his play over the years. With not just with not just in the NBA, but also you know the Argentine national team over the summers. He continued playing even yeah. uh, when Manu wasn't. Uh, Luis Cole has always been a guy I've looked up to both uh, in the NBA level, but then also again with Argentino how he's played. And then of course you know you have to give Tiago Splitter a shout out. He won with the Spurs back in 2014. He didn't have quite the career he wanted because of the, the his injury history. And then right now, present day, um, Al Horford's a really good player for the Celtics. You know he has him right there at the top. Uh, he's been he's been a pretty good player here from Latin America. Who, who are some of the guys you, uh, you've
2: you've seen uh, been? Um Manu, always on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like Al Horford as well for multiple reasons. Uh, he's a Florida guy, so that's my dude. Um, a guy who doesn't get enough love, in my opinion, is Leandro Barbosa. Yes,
1: that's my definitely one. Mm-hmm. one player.
2: And uh, my favorite, my favorite besides Manu. Currently, is probably JJ Berea because that dude is pound for pound the feistiest dude on the court at any given time.
1: Yeah, he's and he's still you know creating mismatches. Uh, uh not in mismatches, but he's still like wreaking havoc on on offense this, to this day, even at his age uh, at certain time segments for uh, segments for for Dallas there. Okay, Ben. Our next question comes from at Grico Suave. They ask, is Plank kind of good? while more bad down the stretch and still losing the Spurs' version of tanking. <laughs> 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 that's, that's
2: good. Yes, I think it is. If you can if you if you can show in spots that you're playing well with your young I think the important thing the distinction there is with your young players. If you can show that you're playing well with your young players and you still lose games, uh, yes, I would say that's the Spurs' version of tanking.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think they're doing it, like, like you mentioned, I don't think they're doing it on pur- purpose, but, you know, they're, they're, right. they're working hard there. They're trying to win these games. You can just see, you know, even even that game against the Grizzlies where they almost lost, you know, Pop said it wasn't about effort. Um, it, you know, it's just that the shots are going. These guys are tired. Um, you know, it's just a lot of inexperience out there as well. So, you know, if Kawhi doesn't come back to 100% before the season ends I, and, and going into the playoffs, I just feel like, you know, this. you kind of know where, where their ending road is here for this team. It's either a, 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 a low playoff seed as far as like 7-8 range and then if not a 9-10 and and getting a lottery pick and so you know they're going to go down swinging this team that they have out there and you know however far they do get uh next question Ben, comes from at Keith Staster they ask uh, a lot of fans would prefer to see the Spurs drop into the lottery instead of limping into the playoffs how deep is the draft and what are the odds that a pick in the 10-14 range would result in a difference maker Would that be much different than 50 to 20? I guess we don't have to answer that one, Ben, because you you and I kind of did a deep dive there earlier on on just that exact type of question. Yeah. Well, we,
2: we named a lot of prospects or a lot of, yeah, a lot of prospects, but when it comes down to it, this, this particular year um, getting anybody in the lottery is going to probably be a huge, huge difference from getting someone in the later 20s. Now, granted, there are a ton of diamonds in the rough here that could end up contributing and being good, but like, but the dudes, there are the guys who are probably going top 10. They can immediately make an impact and a big one on whichever team they go to. Uh, okay. So, so, so long as the fit is there.
1: Okay. So, so there, so, so there's, there's Ben for that response there. Cause like, like I mentioned, Ben's our, our college guy for, for this stuff. I'm not, I'm not big into the college game. I'll watch a little bit. Uh, here when March Madness starts. But uh, Ben's definitely our go-to person here. Uh, so it's a great thing we have him on this episode for that question. Our last question, Ben, comes from at Matt uh, Babaritz or B- Babery Arts, I'm not sure. Uh, they ask, do you expect Danny Green to opt in? Is the latest um, move of leaving him out of the starting five an indication that his days, his Spurs days are coming to an end? Uh, that's tough to say. Um,
2: I... I... Do, uh, what, how much how much is he owed uh, he next year? A, I guess he has a player option for 10 million coming up here. In the summer. Yeah, that's going to be real hard to turn down, especially since um, especially since the market for him is is not going to is probably not going to pay him more than that, if he were to opt out and try and become a free agent. Um, I, I would say that him getting out of the starting lineup is probably having to do with him shooting poorly this year, at least overall he's still shooting 38 and percent from three, which is great, but he's shooting about 41% from the field overall. Mm-hmm. So he's, I think some of it's that, and some of it is they really just want to get the young guys more minutes. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, for, for me, I, I think that, you know, this is a tough one to call just because he, uh, he did switch agencies as uh, as John and I talked about last week, right right on, on trade deadline day, where he went to Rock Nation as his new um, agency. But you're right, where there's no money this summer, you know, especially for for role players like Danny Green, despite him being an All NBA level defender. Uh, you know, you saw a guy like like Lou Williams, who was like a borderline All Star, only make eight million when he signed a new uh, contract extension with the Clippers. So that he kind of set the market just right there. If Lou Williams is getting eight million, I'm not sure if Danny Green could get a little bit more than that or or, or especially more than 10 million. So, so financially, if I think to play it safe, he should just he he might just opt in. But if but if maybe he wants to take a risk and go on and see how much he could get on the free agent market, maybe he's not happy with becoming a, uh, coming off the bench. That he he could definitely test those waters. Uh, I think that if Kawhi does come back, you know in, the, in these last 18 games, I think Danny goes back to starting two. Or you know even if Kawhi's been playing all this season, I think that he, he would have been the start in the starting lineup. I think as Pop mentioned, putting Patty Mills as, as a starter. Is more so to get the, the offense going early instead of for them, you know starting off very lagging, as they've been doing most of the season. Yeah, uh, Ben, let's go and uh, head and move into the, the Spurs' upcoming four games here. Uh, you know their their first game. This is a tough road trip, man. This is I mean this is one that's kind of been on the calendar all year. And and back in like when the when the schedule came out back in early you know late September, no one thought that they'd be you know they'd be a fifth seed in the West at this point when with still no Kawhi. And so this is gonna be growing for them. Uh, So Ben, the first game comes Thursday at Golden State. The Warriors are 49 and 14, second in the West, eight and two in the last 10. They have the best offense in the NBA, 114 points for 100. The sixth best defense, 103.4 points for 100. Who do you have Thursday night between the Spurs and Warriors? Um,
2: How many times are the Spurs gonna die on the court is probably the better question. I'd put the over/under on two and a half dead Spurs, but uh, for real, I, I got the Warriors. So I have them going one and two on this trip. I think they will beat. I think they will beat the Thunder.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we're, okay. So you have, you have the Warriors. I have the I have the Warriors also. Um, you know, it'll be surprising if the Spurs can again get a, a, a early lead like they did against Golden State last time, where I think they had a 12 point lead, but the Warriors eventually came back and won. Uh, then Ben, as you mentioned, Saturday the Spurs go to Oklahoma City to play the Thunder. The Thunder are 37 and 28, uh, seventh as of tonight that we're recording this. They could fall or go ahead depending on on their game tonight against the Rockets. Uh, OKC six and four in their last ten. The Thunder are 12th offensively, 106.9 points for 100. Defensively, they're they're um, holding teams to uh, 104.4, which is ninth. Uh, and you say you're so you're taking the Thunder on. I mean, you're taking the Spurs on Saturday against the Thunder, right? Uh mm-hmm. huh. Okay, that one, I'm taking the Thunder again, just because I, I had told some people at the game last night, you know, if the Spurs would have came out of and, and really just took it to Memphis easily, you know, with LaMarcus back, you know, won by like a good comfortable 10 to 15 points, I, I felt better about them winning on the road against Oklahoma City. But now, after after seeing that performance against the Grizzlies, I, I just still don't think this team has enough to to beat to beat the, the Thunder. Maybe I'll be wrong, so I'm going to take a loss there for the Spurs. Then Ben on, yeah. Then, Ben, on Monday, uh, the, the the Spurs play at Houston. Uh, the, the Rockets are 49 and 13, the best record in the NBA, first in the, in the Western Conference. Uh, they are 10 and 0 in their last 10 and 15, and on a 15-game winning streak overall. The Rockets. Oh, that's have the, it. Yeah, just 15. <laughs> the Rockets have a, uh, the second best def- offense in the NBA, 113.4 points for 100. The 10th best defense at 104.5. Who do you have in this one between the Spurs and Rockets? I
2: got the rockets, man. There's too much offense there. Okay, oh, it have, makes me sad.
1: Same, same here. I have the Rockets. So at this point, uh, I have the Spurs going 0 and 3. You have the Spurs going 1 and 2. Then, Ben on Tuesday, the Spurs return home to play the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Simmons makes his return to the AT&T Center. Uh, the Magic are, are not very good. They're 20 and 44 overall, uh, tied for last in the Eastern Conference. Um, they're 3 and 7 of their last 10. Offensively, nineteenth, one hundred four point five points for one hundred. Defensively, one hundred eight point eight, which is twenty seventh. Who do you have against the tanking Magic?
2: This should be a win for the Spurs. They should very much beat the Tragic.
1: Okay. So all right. So I have a win also for the Spurs. Uh, so so by the time the Spurs uh, by by the time I record the next episode, it's sometime next Wednesday. I think the Spurs will be 30 and 30. And Ben, you have them being uh, 39 and it looks like 29 probably at this point, if I'm correct. Yeah, 39, 29. So, so Ben has them going 2 and 2. I have them going 1 and 3. Uh, we'll see how that how that fares out. Um, thanks again, Ben, for, for joining us in Spurs Cast episode 485. Um, again, Spurs Cast listeners, if you want to read about any of the prospects that that Ben's written about in the past this season or coming up in the future here before the season ends, uh, do visit projectspurs.com. Look up his name and the author title and you'll see a, a big profile of all his work. He's done a great job, uh, and I, you know, as I mentioned. So thanks again, Ben, for joining man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. You have a great day. You too. Thanks again to Ben for joining me on SpursCast 485. If you're on Twitter, you can follow him, at the underscore Boomstein. Please uh, continue to send us questions using the hashtag SpursCast, and we'll make sure to answer them on each weekly episode of the SpursCast. If you're on, on, on Twitter, follow us at Project Spurs at, AT League underscore NBA at the Spurs Cast, and at Project Spurs Network. Online, visit us at ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com, and Spurs.net. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave us a rating or review. Thank you. Have a great day.